Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Thursday is Thanksgiving. With that in mind, I thought I'd bust out a few turkey jokes. It's been a while since I told a joke on purpose. They're just not as funny when you plan them. Uh, But I do have jokes on purpose this morning. And feel free to use them with your family this week. You know why you can't bring a turkey to church? Because they use foul language. Some wives are thinking, I brought a turkey to church this morning. What do you get when you cross a turkey with a banjo? A bird that can pluck itself. (laughs) One more. That's what the turkey said. (laughs) Better quit while I still have my head. Or something like that. Last one. What happened when the turkey got in a fight? He got the stuffing knocked out of him. (laughs) Yep, I better keep my day job. Well, Joel. Jokes aside. Joel, chapter 2, verse 21 is where we'll start. And as we read through, you'll see why this is a good scripture for Thanksgiving. Uh, They're not sure the time when Joel was alive to prophesy, maybe around the time of Amos, because a lot of the language that Joel uses is similar to Amos's. Uh, But it's sometime after David, before Jesus. A lot of Joel's prophecy, especially at the end of chapter 2, is about the end times. In fact, don't read it while I'm preaching, because you've got to listen to the message. But a lot of there is what you'll recognize Peter used when he preached the first ever sermon on the the day of Pentecost. How the Lord will pour out His Spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. And young men will see visions. I'm still seeing visions. That was a joke too. See, when you try to plan it, it's just not as funny. I want to pick up this morning in verse 21. Joel chapter 2, verse 21. Surely he has done great things. Be not afraid, O land. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. 
Be not afraid, O wild animals. Try to tell that to the deer yesterday and today and all week long. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the open pastures are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains and righteousness. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarms. My great army that I sent among you. Here's the thanksgiving part. Verse 26. See, I'm having visions. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. And Father, I thank you for the promises we have in your word. The promises that we just read about and we'll talk about. Lord, I thank you for how you richly bless us, abundantly. And Lord, I thank you for all the wondrous things that you've done in each of our lives. And that's what we want to do, especially this week, is give you thanks for all of your goodness. Lord, I praise you for how we feel your presence when we're together, for how you work and you move among us. So may you continue to bless this service. I pray you would bless this message. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Cicadas. Do you know what a cicada is? They're like a locust. They're about that big. You hear them in the summertime. Well, in the town I grew up in, in Morgantown, West Virginia, every 17 years, they come out. They come up from the ground, and they are everywhere. It happened in 1999. It happened in 2016. And the next time it happens, I'll probably get to tell and show my grandkids the cicadas. It'll be 2033 if I did my math right. No rush, though, girls. No rush. <laughs> They're creepy little boogers, those cicadas. You know what people do? They put aluminum foil around the base of their tree, about three foot high, because their sticky little claws or whatever can't grip a hold of the aluminum foil. They just slide right off. Otherwise, if those locusts climb to the top of the tree, they'll destroy them. My parents' dog and other dogs, they kind of like to eat those bugs on the ground. Locusts. Nasty little things. That's what the people in Joel's time 
had just dealt with. That's the occasion of Joel and his prophecy. It was a time of national panic in the face of an unparalleled plague. Sound familiar? We're kind of, some are in a panic. We are in the midst of an unprecedented, not so much plague, but virus, disease, pandemic. There's a lot of people. We're nervous, anxious. So maybe the Word has something for us this morning. You could say that the locusts represent what sin does in our lives. What do those locusts do? They'll destroy everything. Take away everything. I mean, how do you think that affected the economy of the time? And they had all kinds of different locusts. I don't know if you noticed in verse 25, they had great locusts and young locusts and other locusts and locusts swarm. Actually, four Hebrew words for locusts. I didn't look up what they all mean because I figured it's pretty bad. Locusts everywhere. Destroyed everything. And that's what sin does. We know that's what sin does because in the end it leads to death. And what sin takes away you can't get back. But in His power and in His righteousness, the Lord redeems and restores those who repent. That's what this message from Joel's really about. I want you to see the flow of what Joel is doing when he writes here. If you go, and it's only three chapters, so you just might have to turn back a page, maybe two. Joel chapter 1 we see a threefold call to grief and repentance. And that's what happens in our lives when the Holy Spirit works in us to draw us to God, even when we don't realize it. He's, he's doing that work. He draws us, and then we realize we are sinners. We have sin. And we have a grief. We feel sorry we offended God. And that's the call that Joel is given to his people, a call to repentance, a call to grief. We see it three times, verse 5 of Joel chapter 1. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. He goes on in verse 8. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the husband of her youth. And then go to verse 15. Pardon me, I got ahead of myself. 13, and then we'll move on. Put on sackcloth. That's what people did back in that day. They didn't post on Facebook, sad face. They put on sackcloth after they usually torn their clothes in their grief. Put on sackcloth, O priest. See, even priests need to repent. And mourn. Wail, you who minister before the altar. You see, three times Joel is telling people to mourn, repent. It's a call to grief. But it's followed by a call to joy. Three times, 
Listen to verse 21 again. Be not afraid, O land. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid. Okay, the land was one. Here's number two. Be not afraid, O wild animals. Because once the land was destroyed by the locusts, what did the wild animals have to eat? Nothing. So, the land is going to be restored. The wild animals are going to get fat again. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the pastures, the open pastures are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. The people have reason to rejoice. That terrible time is over and the Lord is ready to renew and restore. And that's reason for joy. It reminds us of what Paul said. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, you probably have heard it and some of you may have it memorized. It's easy. So if you want some fun homework, memorize this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. We can rejoice in the Lord and be thankful. We read about how all the blessings He brought back to the land after the locust. And He goes on to talk about blessings that we all have. Things that we can all be thankful for. If you're taking notes, that's the title of this morning's message. Things that we can all be thankful for. First, we can all be thankful for God's abundant blessings. Verses 22 and 23. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the open pastures are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. He sends you abundant blessings, abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. When I was growing up, the Christian college, Mount Vernon Nazarene College for our region, they would send out ministry teams. And they sent out a team my senior year to our church camp. So you get to hang out, get to know the kids from college, and you know the idea. Hopefully you make a connection and go to the college. Worked for me. Well, that team sang a song one year that I didn't quite understand, but it had double meaning. But I get it now. It was about how the Lord reigns, and we want the Lord to reign in us and reign down on us. And that's what Joel is writing about here. What kind of rain might, might He give us? Well, the rain that brings life. A reign of righteousness. Because what happens is we know our sin. And it doesn't, doesn't make us feel very good. We know it's not right. But what does God do? God provides a Savior. 
to reign over us, reign in us, and we get the reign of His righteousness that brings us new life. Because guess what? As good as you and I can be at things, none of us are good enough to get into heaven on our own. It's by Christ's righteousness in us that we get in, that we get all the life on this earth. That's good news. That's something to be thankful for. That's what Joel's talking about. Abundant blessings. We can be thankful for the fulfillment that comes from the Lord. Look at verse 26. You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God. That's a great feeling, isn't it? After the Thanksgiving meal, when you're satisfied. When Reagan was little, she would say to, to, to Laura, Wow, Mommy, that was good. You're, you're a good cooker. We know what it's like to be satisfied with the best, huh? Whether you do turkey or tofu turkey or mashed potatoes and gravy and stuffing. You're starting to forget those dogs eating locusts now, aren't you? We know what it's like to be satisfied. We're fortunate. We're blessed. We have a reason to be thankful for all the Lord fills our lives with. And when we reflect on those things that He fills our life with, we realize He's done some pretty wondrous things. And that's the last thing we can be thankful for that I'm going to talk about this morning. The wondrous works that He does in our lives. And that's what it talks about in the second half of verse 26. Let's just read 26 one more time. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Now here's a challenge. This week in Thanksgiving, think about something miraculous the Lord has done for you in your life, and give Him thanks and praise. That wondrous thing. You might come up with more than one. Look around. Nature's pretty revealing, isn't it? Of the wondrous works of God. Look above. None of us have eyes like the Hubble telescope, which is past Pluto, and it's way, 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 way out there. And guess what? It can see things way, 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 way out there. It's funny how often conversations in the office come up in the sermon, whether we plan to or not. If you don't know Erica, she studied biology she, in, in West Virginia, actually, at Davis and Elkins College. But she's also into nature. And we were talking about space and how scientists are confounded by no matter where they look, there seems to be this light that they can't explain. We know what that light is, don't we? One day that light 
Well, there will be no darkness. Because the light of the Lord will be our light and glory. And don't forget the invisible. So I had a follow-up appointment for that lump on my thyroid. It's about the size of a walnut. Two weeks ago, they used needles to suck stuff out. Aren't you glad we're talking about this stuff five days before Thanksgiving? And so I had the follow-up. Praise the Lord, no signs of cancer. Everything was great on that end. And there's discussion about taking it out. We're going to do that in February. Surgery, half the thyroid, adios. But I was fascinated by the conversation because he said, that, that little thing inside you, well, those five needle things we did, taking junk out, it, it captured about 500 million cells. Because just in that little walnut thing, there's three billion cells. Okay, that's a lot. And it got me curious. If there's three billion cells in the walnut-sized thing, what's in the rest of me? So I googled it. On average... We have 37.2 trillion cells. Human beings have between 30 and 40 trillion cells. That's the invisible. That's the stuff that I think it takes more faith to believe that, bam, things crash together, then all of a sudden... They work together. Three, 30 trillion cells can work together in a human being because of an accident. That, that doesn't line up with my reason. He's the God of the things we see and the things we can't see. He's the God who provides to us abundant blessings, fulfillment that we can't find anywhere else, and all the wonders that He does. So many reasons to give Him thanks. So in preparation for next week and to close out this morning, I want to close with something we haven't heard in a long time. Before I close with this, you know next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. It's also the fifth Sunday of a month. So that means, yeah, on the fifth Sunday, when, when, when a month has five Sundays, we like to uh, pull an illustration or do a, a message that ties in with a hymn. So we'll do a Christmas carol next Sunday. But what I'm about to read here ties in with the end of the message and gives you a preview for next week. You see, 1,700 years ago. Can you believe people fought about politics then? They did. And another thing they often argued about, which is you don't hear much argument much anymore in the mainstream, 
is God. They argued about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they were working out what the Trinity is and what it means, and there is a big fight. There were some people saying Jesus was just a creature. And there were other people who were saying, you need to read your Bible. John 1.1, 1, 1, what does that say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's Jesus. It goes on to say, through Him all things were made. That's everything. Everything we see and don't see. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So thankfully the, the right side won. We had victory. <laughs> but one thing they did back then was create creeds. You might have heard of the Apostles' Creed. And just so you know your church history, and people are impressed with this congregation because they know their church history, the Apostles' Creed is mainly used by the Western Church. This creed I'm about to read is used by all Christian churches. Now when I say Western and Eastern, the Eastern's like the Greek Orthodox. Have you heard of them? So anyway, East, West... They all, Christians, use this creed. It's called the Nicene Creed. It's what we believe. Would you stand with me? And I'll close with this. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all things visible and Invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence of the Father. Through Him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. And He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day He rose again. According to the Scriptures, He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic, and that means universal, and apostolic church. We affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life in the world to come. Amen? Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.